In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Chelly, how are you? I'm great, Pam. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing lovely. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear all about your journey today. You're a total rock star. So I'm going to start it off, of course, with the most, I want to say loaded question (laughs) that there is. And she's looking at me like, no, (laughs) what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? That is a big question. I think what inspired me is my life has been threaded with with lack of support. So I have always wanted to be that person to support other people and be there to help them advocate for themselves and be better and wiser. Wonderful. Shelly, what did you want to be when you grew up? That's changed. What, What I wanted to be when I was seven years old was a teacher. That was kind of what I wanted to be from seven years old until I graduated high school, but I wasn't allowed to be a teacher. How come? Well, thank you for asking me that. I grew up with epilepsy from when I was five years old, and that was in the 1970s. And there were lots of limitations put on me because of the diagnosis of epilepsy. When I was seven years old, I was also uh, the victim. I don't like to use the word victim too many times, but I was the victim of childhood emotional abuse, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. And I believe that the diagnosis of epilepsy made me very vulnerable to that. And growing up, I heard the words uh, stupid, unworthy, and retarded. And I was told that I was unworthy of the investment of a college education and My parents told me that my path was to be married and have babies, whereas my siblings' path was to go on and get a master's at an Ivy League school because my sibling was healthy. So there was a a very big difference with how opportunity was given to us based on health diagnosis. And I actually formed my core values just from this one story in my life. Wow. I did not know that. Wow. Oh my goodness. So what shifted your trajectory with that? Well, how did your life transition for you? I was told that I can only, in addition to being married, my my parents did tell me I could get like a, a technical degree. So they thought that I would be good as an EEG technologist. And because when you have epilepsy, you get EEGs to monitor your epilepsy every year. And I said, well, That's kind of like telling a person with asthma that they should only be a pulmonary therapist. But I said that was my only option. And I went to the best school. I went to Duke University Medical School to become an EEG technologist. And I fell in love with the whole medical environment. And they had just opened up their PA school. And I wanted to become a PA. And I was told again, you need to come home and get married. And I listened because I was that dutiful daughter who had been trained to just listen just because of the abuse. And so I came home and I, I got married and I had a baby and I'm very grateful that my husband agreed 
to let me go to school. And I say let, because again, you know, I was in that environment and I went to school and my, my brother by happenstance got very sick and was in a coma for 13 days. And I, because I valued family, I sat by his bedside for 13 days and nights and I didn't go to school and I failed. And I I didn't go back because the nuns didn't take my excuse of sitting by my brother's side as a valid excuse for not showing up. And as life happens, I I got divorced, I moved away. And as a single mom, I enrolled in school in Los Angeles Community College. And I was thrilled. I was learning. I was doing what my heart was called to do. And my grandfather got sick and he shattered his pelvis. And I put my daughter and I on a plane and we went back home and I gave up on myself again. And I didn't show up for my, my exam and I failed. And there was this pattern of me always constantly trying and giving up on myself because I was putting myself last for family. My brother died, my mom got cancer, and I moved to the East Coast again to be closer to my mom. And I said, okay, this is going to be an opportunity. I'm going to work at Duke where I was trained and I'm going to go back to school and they're going to pay because they have an amazing program to pay. And six months into it, I got into a near fatal car accident. And I had PTSD. I had a traumatic brain injury. I couldn't move my arm and I walked with a cane. And this word disability that I had hidden from with epilepsy when I was a child popped up in a big way and I had to deal with it. And initially I hated the accident, but then I saw it as this amazing gift and it gave me the time to go back to school. But I listened to three people in my life because at the time I was like, there's no way I I can do this. And my daughter, my son-in-law and my therapist said, you can do this. I believe in you. And I connected with disability services and I became successful. And I went for my degree in social work and I graduated with a 3.9, 32 years late, but I graduated. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be a coach. So then I went into a program for coaching. That is incredible. Chelly, thank you so much for for sharing all of that. I know some of it can get deeply, deeply personal, but I see that each and every single piece of your journey has truly formed who you are today, which is incredible. And your coaching business, because you can, you know, you've been there, done that. And it sounded to me like a lot of people pleasing. How did you overcome that? Like, finally, I know there's people listening right now where it's, they could be in that same position in, in their lives where they're putting themselves last, right? Because if, if you hadn't listened, if it wasn't for people pleasing, you would have finished the degree way, way long ago, 32 years earlier, right? Not saying that that's what you want or you're regretful or anything about it because every single piece of your journey got you to where you are. But, you know, maybe there's somebody listening right now that that's in that same space. And what would you, what would be your advice to them based on your experience? Well, for me, it goes back to my car accident and no one showed up for me. No one showed up for me at all, except my daughter. She was, she was not in the car. Thank God. Cause I was trapped in the car for five and a half hours and 27 degrees facing oncoming traffic in the immediate after my parents decided to go to St. Martin on a trip my sister didn't show up for me. My, my friends didn't show up. No one came. And I, I can't make excuses. And I did. I made excuses for everyone. 
I don't understand what happened, why no one showed up. But what I did do was I used that as an opportunity to change every definition that I had. So I changed the definition of family, of support, of love. And I really got down to the the bottom of what I needed to do. And I rebuilt my foundation from the ground up because I was in pain. Not only was I in pain, but I was suffering. I, I was suffering alone. Well, I had my daughter, but I, but she was in school and I was really home suffering alone. And I was suffering with the PTSD and the disability of my arm and feeling worthless and wondering why. So I had to figure out how I can live happily. And it wasn't trying to make them change. It was trying to change me. And I realized I was conditioned to a certain way of life. And I had to do deconditioning, deep, deep deconditioning. We're all conditioned to life. Oh yeah. The work is in the deconditioning. So, you know, like, like an onion, think about peeling back all of those layers until you get to that core of who you want to be. And I talk a lot about the core because I, I talk a lot about core values and who are you? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to stand up for? What do you want to do in your life that's meaningful and purposeful? And all I had was defining myself around everybody else. And I had to break it down and figure out who I was without everybody else. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Shelly. Thank you for sharing that. And you mentioned the deconditioning. That's a lot of deep work that you had to do, by the way. And I commend you for that because to go in and basically psychologically reverse everything that you know. That is a process. Can you walk me through what, what that was like to basically shift that? Like, what were some things that, that you did to start working on that? Because that's a deep work. That's super deep work. And it's so powerful because I mean, there's, I know of many instances I can think of in my head and many people who've, who've had to do this process or are stuck in this stage right now. Like they know they have to do it, but they haven't done it yet or are scared to, or don't know how, or, you know, that it's, it's, it's intense. Some of the things I, I, I made worksheets for me. I, I love worksheets. <laughs> I love it. The teacher in you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. So I love worksheets. I love workbooks. And if I couldn't find it out there, I made it for myself and mm-hmm. I made what worked for me. And one of the things that I did for myself was I listened to the messages that my family was saying that were feeling toxic to me. And I wrote it down and in that next column. I wrote down how it made me feel. Then the next column, I wrote down what I wish I heard and how that would have made me feel. And I started saying those positive messages to myself. I started with one person. I started with my mother because my mother and I have a very complicated relationship. I, I love her. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that she was the most effective parent for me. And I know she loves me. And I know that she believes that she wasn't the most effective parent for me. We've come to a place of forgiveness. Actually, we came to a place of forgiveness and she passed away a year ago. So I'm not going to say you know nasty things about my mom, but she and I both understood that she wasn't the most effective. And I listened to all of the negative tropes that she said, and I changed them. I also listened to the things that I would say to myself And I changed them. And I think that's where the work started with me. 
And then I had worksheets for every single person in my life. I kept a different worksheet for each one. And then I started to notice the patterns because there are patterns because we're drawn to certain people for a certain reason until we break that cycle over the years. Cause it's been 13 years already. You know, I'm past all of the, the yuck of, of the trauma, but over the years I've seen that it lessened and lessened and lessened, but those people, those types of people kept repeating in my life until I was ready to finally say no, no more. And that saying no is building boundaries in your life. And that was a really big thing for me. That's incredible. You said two really important things. So breaking the patterns and creating those boundaries. Wow. Yeah. I I think women more than men have a difficult time with boundaries. Yeah. And one of the first things we need to learn how to do is say no. We are really good at saying yes. We say yes, yes, yes. And saying yes to other people is saying no to ourselves. Saying no to other people is saying yes to ourselves. It's giving us the time that we need and the time that we deserve to be ourselves, whether that means going for a bike ride, having a a cup of tea, talking to a friend, or sitting in a bathtub and relaxing, whatever it is, it's saying yes to ourselves. And we deserve that. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. We, We share a lot of parallels because I, you know, in not that, not that it's, it's super similar experiences, but there's a lot of parallels in, in the fact that we know the way that we've been there for family, you and I had the same, same experience, you know, and, and when, especially when it's not reciprocated, it, it hurts. And you're, you're that people pleaser of the family. You're the one that everyone leans on and all of that. And then, well, what about you then? Like, where do you lean? Right. Where do you lean? And if you don't set those boundaries and if you don't recognize those patterns, you're going to be stuck in this cycle of continuum. And this can happen with friends. This can happen with, with anyone and everyone, but I totally, I totally get you when you mentioned that, because I feel like this is something that a lot of people have to recognize, especially given the fact that family, I mean, they're the, they're the closest to you, right? So you listen to them. You're like, I'm supposed to be this way for this person, but it's okay to recognize when you have a toxic family member or friend, or just because you've known this person for so long, doesn't mean that they're not toxic. I've had those experiences in my life and I'm like, no, but I've known this person for 15 years. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who they are. Just like if they're showing these patterns and if they're not cheering for you and if they're putting you down and if they're saying things or acting a certain way or projecting onto you, that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. I'm sure you've (laughs) experienced something similar and you're like, no, this can't be. And then you realize, start noticing those patterns. You're like, ah, (laughs) You know, I I like to say that when someone shows you their true self, believe it because they're not going to change. Chances are they're not going to change and you're not going to have the power to change them. You have the power to change yourself. You have the power to change this situation by walking away. That's where your power lies. And too many times we're fixers. You know, we try to fix other people. We need to turn that energy around and put it in ourselves in a positive way. Right. So like, say if you had a family member or a friend who tried to reach out to you too, and like, what were some ways, certain things that you said that could kind of like divert them the other way? Cause some people ask me this question and I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> so what would be your way? So say you had a family member that reached out to you and when you were setting those boundaries, you know, like, how could you 
reinforce them, if you will, if they're trying to like get back in your life or, you know, something like that. What, what was one thing that you did? Oh, um, I wish I, I wish I could help, but right now I, I don't have that time and I'm building my business or I'm working with my family or I'm doing this and I wish I could help. However, you know, if you need a resource, I could point you in the direction of a resource. Bada boom, bada bang. That's, you know, that goes with my core of being able to help, but not, you know, a hundred percent being there. Right. I love that. I love that. So question for you, what have you learned about yourself by going through these challenging times? (laughs) I learned that I am much, much stronger than I thought I ever could be. And I also learned to own the words courageous and brave because through my life, I heard those words and I pushed it away and I own those words now. That's amazing. And it, it's crazy because you've had such a trajectory. Now Now you went into the coaching space. You went from getting your de- degree in, de- in social work and then you went into the coaching space. So what sort of sparked that transition in your life? That was interesting because honestly, I didn't want to work. I didn't want to go on for my, for my MSW because I didn't want to work with people who had problems. I wanted to work with people who were solution focused. Uh, I wanted to work with people who were kind of toward the, toward the middle to the end of their journey, like me, and who wanted to just have that support to get to that successful place. I didn't want to have the, the clients come and have, and say to me, what will you do to fix me? Right. They wanted that deeper work. Yes. They wanted to do that. Interesting. Interesting. So you just decided to study into the coaching space and then did you like practice? Because I know there's some coaching programs where you get certified under someone or did you just go out and launch your own like right off the bat? No, I I went through a wonderful program. It's IPEC. Yeah, I am an IPEC certified coach. I loved it. And it was an amazing experience. And my company is called Twisted Treat Coaching because I have had a uniquely twisted path. And I like to work with people who have unique and interesting paths that they just need help understanding that it's okay and it's perfect and it's beautiful. And everyone's not going to have that, you know, very linear path. Some people are going to have that unique path and they're going to have twists and turns on theirs. And that's perfect and fine and wonderful. And they just might need a little extra support or encouragement to, you know, get to where they want to be. And I hope to be that person to help them get to that place. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And then, so after you, so when you did that training, you opened up your own business, correct? Like your own coach. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> here's what comes the entrepreneur question. How was that jump? How was that transition for you? Because I mean, coaching long sales cycle, right? So like, you've got to build your book of business. You've got to do all that. So how, how was it in the startup phases for you? And how did you transition in and move past that? Well, I'm still kind of like in that startup phase. I'm still, you know, building my business slowly. And what I'm doing right now is um, some webinars and getting that client base to where I want it to be and just getting myself out there and loving it. I'm just, you know, new at it professionally, but I coached for seven years prior in the community. And um, I did that in the disability community and just in my community in general. So I'm seasoned, but recently certified. That is awesome. That is awesome. Cause I know, I know there's a 
a lot of entrepreneurs listening and they're like, especially in the coaching space, they're like, how do you start? How do you build your business? How does this work? You know, how does it, you know, it's a lot of questions in that startup phase. I can, oh man. You start by just accepting the fear and just going two steps forward. And those two steps forward are stepping into your courage. That's what I like to say. What would be your biggest piece of advice, like from, from your coaching experience, like say you were talking to a client who's going through a crazy time or anything like that. Walk me through how that, how that process is like, or any piece of advice that, that you would offer. Break it down to the smallest amount possible, because when things are, are really big, there's anxiety. When you break it down to the smallest pieces possible, everything is doable. Everything is achievable. And I work with, you know, people who have all different kinds of challenges. Some have medical challenges. Some are, you know, starting their life over in retirement. And, you know, some have relationship issues. And when you just break it down and figure out who you are, what do you want? Where do you want to go? Rather than think about all of the issues, then it's kind of easy then we can make the steps. Then we could figure out all of the steps to make all of that happen. Love that, Shelly. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, so I've studied NLP. So I'm certified in, in NLP. So I love that because in NLP, that concept is called chunking down. So it's it's like literally breaking it down. And I didn't know that I did this kind of like innately because everyone's like, Pam, how the hell do you run like six different businesses and all these things? I'm like, it's all logistics. Right. Like write down every single problem you have. And I guarantee you, if you write it down, you'll like get to the core of it in like five minutes or less. <laughs> right. What's bothering you? Why is it bothering you? And then you'll start to get the answers to your <laughs> to your questions, you know, which is so fun. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Or as you were mentioning that, I was like chunking down. Yes, no. I've learned this. <laughs> you talk to me about that because NLP is going to be my next certification. Yeah. NLP is super amazing. My God. It's, um, it's just such powerful tools to be able to connect with individuals and, and be that much more of a sphere of influence to help them neurologically get there right through processing information. It's fascinating stuff. I, I love psychology. It's, it's, it's a gym. even though I studied in, you know, I studied in business and communications, this communication kind of got me the little bit of an intro to NLP, but it's really mind blowing stuff, which is, which is fascinating. This is my favorite question. You ready for it? <laughs> what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? I love that question. And I have a couple of different answers. One is listen to your intuition because you know all of the answers. And the intuition is the gut feeling inside of your body. It is the deep feeling inside of you that is pulling you towards something or pushing you away from something. So just listen to yourself. The other one is don't be afraid to ask a question. Go get a mentor and ask those questions because mentors make the world of difference. Amen. Totally. Totally. I mean, it was the mentors in my life and the stories and everything that I heard that that got me here. Right. And, and for you, you had the cheerleaders in your life and you just kept going. I love it. I love it. I love your story so much. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing it, Shelly. Seriously, it's so impactful and brave and courageous. And I just love that in the end, you listened to you and you got there. And now you're out here changing lives and coaching people through their lives, which is 
beyond incredible. The work that you're doing, I commend you so much for. Seriously. Thank you. Of course. And and so my question to you now is what are you up to in the world in the next six to 12 months? Right now, I started being a mental health advocate. I think it's really, really important to lift that veil. And I talk about, you know, my own PTSD journey and TBI and the word disability and what it means to me to have that as a part of my life and what it means to, you know, for other people, you know, to have that word as a label. I think that we are all worthy, whether or not we have a, a medical disability, a medical challenge, and everybody needs to understand to treat each person as a worthy individual, a, a human with dignity and respect, irregardless of anything. And if we all talked about mental illness, either someone has it in one's family or someone knows someone in one's family, it is so much more prevalent than people choose to believe. So I am doing my part to help advocate to lift that veil. I am also writing my memoir and I have just written my first children's book. Amazing. Oh my God. I'm so excited for those. So do we have any titles yet or no, those are to, those are to come. The children's book is either going to be tree. I love you or I love you tree. So I'm not sure which one. Oh my God. That's wonderful. That's so, so wonderful. Oh my goodness. Memoir and children's book at the same time. Yes. It's a lot, but that is so exciting. I'm doing a couple of different speaking engagements because I feel it's really important to use my voice to make a difference in the world. Absolutely. And and I adore what you're doing in the world. I mean, in every space, you know, what's really incredible about you is that you've been through all these things and people would look at you and be like, yeah, no way. She hasn't been through all that. But like, here you are giving back to that same community who's going could be going through the same thing. Yes. And being an advocate for them and giving them a voice and being that symbol of like, Hey, I've been there. Yes. Here's what the other side could look like. If you truly disbelieve. That's amazing. Chili. I want to thank you so, so much for being here today. It was an honor to have you. I love your story and everything that you're up to in the world. And now you got to let everyone know where to find you. Oh, well, um, I have a presence on LinkedIn and on Instagram and reach out to me on uh, twistedtreecoaching.com and I'll answer the emails right away. Awesome, Chelly. Thank you again so much. It was an honor to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pam. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week that posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private VIP day with Pamela herself in Boston, Massachusetts. Be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode. Oh,